0: Welcome to the Women Who Love and Lead podcast. I am your host, Chanel Allen. Women Who Love and Lead was created to provide a space for women like you to shine and be celebrated. Whether you're the CEO of your home or of your business, we want you to feel good and not guilty about living and loving your life unapologetically and leading courageously. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Women Love and Lead for inspirational content, products, and upcoming events. Hello, my lovely ladies, leaders, fearless leaders, go-getters. I'm happy that you are with me during this episode. This episode is really going to be about what kind of brought me to this point of doing this work and to just keep it straight and simple and to the point leadership is hard for so many different reasons because for one if you're someone who was so used to leading yourself for so long whether you were you know used to setting goals, going after goals for yourself and just truly being a go-getter and now you've transitioned into having to lead a team, leading others, dealing with other personalities, that's something all in itself other people's missions, personal agendas, who may lack certain skills And you are the one who is expected to bring them up, who uh, maybe you're leading an initiative and, you know, you're running into your own set of challenges, whether it's your team, whether it's the community, whether it's your organization, your business, even your boss. Those are some of the things that might be holding you back from being able to accomplish your goals within your own organization. Or maybe it's yourself. There's a couple of things right there. But like I said, leadership is hard. And One of the things that it really did for me when I truly stepped into a position where I finally said, yeah, you know, and claimed the title as a leader because I denied it for a long time. But I actually claimed that title is that what I realized is it forced me to look at myself. It forced me to check myself on my stuff and it forced me to choose to grow. So just real quick, like I said, I had been in various leadership roles. Honestly, for as long as I can remember, especially when I first started just in the business world, period. But like I had a really, truly defining moment when I stepped into a role back in 2016 in a public school. So anyone that works in public schools or have or works with youth know the challenges that that brings, but also understand the challenges that the system brings, too. And so I say that because you see when you're in these buildings, you actually see the results of the system. And so I was really excited when I got the position. And I'll be honest, I didn't think that I was qualified for the role. I was one of those people where I would look at a job description. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to apply. You know, I'm not going to get that role. Um, the way the position came about, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but I truly believe that it was a divine appointment. And that's a whole nother conversation, too, for many reasons. Because like I said, I didn't think that I was qualified. I wasn't going to apply anyway got the role, and one of the requirements of me even completing the application before doing an interview was that I had to provide a scenario where I would create this program and the team resources, all of those things that I would implement. And so the funny thing is, is there was a lot of those things already in place before I came into the role. The um, program was already up and running. Um, I was a program manager for an after school program. It was an after school program, but I actually worked within the school during the school day as well. And so I was a part of the leadership teams, the people that were making decisions for the kids. I was responsible for a team of about thirteen plus volunteers that I had as well as community organizations and partnerships that I had established over the years too. And so I had this ideal of what this program was going to look like and it was it looked good on paper, it looked really good on paper. And even when I found out that they had already had these things in place, they had the resources, the, the funding was there, that was not a problem. The partnership was there, that wasn't a problem either. The team was in place, that wasn't the problem either. But when I got there, what I found out is even though those things were in place, were they the right pieces? So my perspective on that shifted immediately. But not only that, when I actually got just within the school and I, and I looked around me for that week and I was like, this can't be life. Like, this can't be the life that we are creating for our kids. Like, this can't be. I mean... We knew on paper that the kids were failing academically. It was one of the lowest performing schools in the district. That we knew. But the environment was just not conducive to a learning environment. I mean, kids were running the hallways. At that time, I was on the primary level. So these were things that were happening at the primary level. Just disrespectful, just no structure in place. No no one really holding the adults accountable and so even though initially from the outside looking in, I thought it was the kids, but I'm like, no, nah, man, these are kids. Kids need structure. There are just certain things that we have to put in place for our youth. But again, that's a whole nother conversation. But the reason why I say that is because it was so hard on my spirit. Like it broke me. It broke my spirit to the core, to the point where I'm like, I cannot believe that this is happening within a school. And it broke me even more, I guess, because at that time, it just seemed like it was normal to everybody else. And it just made no sense to me at how it was normalized. Again, kids are failing and have been failing for years. There's no control. There's no structure within the school. The, um, the classrooms are out of control. And it wasn't all of them because we had some really, really good, solid educators. And that's why I say it goes back to the adults because we had some strong educators who knew who they were and knew what they had to do for our youth. But unfortunately, that was a small few. And I was so upset and so angry. And I held it all in again, because I'm like, why is this allowed to happen? Why are these adults not being held accountable to what they're expected to do every day? You know, and and the People can put the blame on the parents, on the parents, but when you actually are in it, you understand it's not the parents. In some cases, it may be, but it's not just the parents, and people need to be real about that. But anyway, I'm on my soapbox right now. So because of that, and and because from a leader's perspective, again, I had to own, first off, own the idea that I was a leader, meaning that I was capable of influencing positive change but I didn't own that right away. So I struggled with that. And because I didn't own that right away, I silenced my voice um, for two reasons because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to say, it. well, actually three reasons. And I was afraid that if I did speak up, it would come off as that angry black woman. Cause I was, I was angry and sad, but I, I can't stand that title. And so I was trying to be so careful about things, but I learned. And I remember having a conversation with my mom And I was just like, I'm ready to go. This is crazy. Like, I'm talking to my husband. I'm like, y'all don't understand. Y'all don't get it. This is absolutely insane. This makes no sense. And I remember my mom saying like these powerful words to me. And at that time, I was like, lady, you're crazy. And she said to me, Chanel, you got to be careful not to leave your season too early. Because y'all, I wanted to go. I wanted to get out of there. I had had this idea in my mind that I was going to come in. I was going to, within two years, be able to make an imprint, be able to make some change and be out and move on to a, to a different role, a different position, whether it be within growing my own business or whatever. That was my thought process. Remember, our plans is not God's plans. God's plans are always greater. And I realized after six years later that it required a little bit more time than what I expected because it required me to grow. And so what I got from that experience is that it forced me to look at myself, to look at the areas that I needed to grow in. It forced me to challenge myself to actually want to implement those changes to grow. And then it forced me to just actually implement my learning and and what I learned about myself and to actually be proactive and to do that. And so fast forward, I was able to gracefully transition out of that role and leave that role feeling fulfilled. Because not that I had accomplished, because I, you know, accomplished some things on paper, but that wasn't what what was really important to me. You know, everything's all about data, data, data. So yeah, we made some accomplishments on paper, but because I really was able to transform conversations. I was able to build relationships with families that some of the other folks just had this mentality or attitude around, you know, who these individuals was. I was able to break down those barriers. You know, I was able to really connect with the children on a whole nother level that other folks probably couldn't have. Maybe some of them, but not everybody. And so I had to realize that those things those connections, that type of change and that type of transformation takes time. And that's where that leadership falls in that to be able to be, to be courageous enough to be like, all right, this isn't working. Something's not right here. Something needs to change. And I guess I'm the person that's supposed to help make that change or I'm initiate that change and to own that. And so again, that's the reason why this work, I think was placed in my heart years ago. And I ignored the calling y'all. I am gonna lie for a long time. That was back in what, 2016? I was experiencing some things in 2015 that gave me this revelation around this calling. And so i realized now that, you know, as I was working through and and experiencing things, I still was developing and positioning myself to be here, but I didn't believe I was there at that time. Um, One of the reasons why um, Women Who Love and Lead was created was to provide a space for women to connect their story to a greater purpose. And so we do that through the podcast but I know now that there's just, I don't even want to say more work that I have to do, but um, now that I, I've experienced the things that I've, I've experienced, the learning that has came with it and the growth has that has came with it, I understand where I'm at in this season. So that season was for me and this season that I'm in now, even though, of course, I was, you know, for others at that time, but this season is just at a different level because I have to really be more intentional about my work and putting myself out there in terms of just what I'm supposed to do. And so what I want to just share with you all is that, yes, again, leadership is hard. It is very hard. And so it's hard for so many different reasons. It's hard personally, it's hard professionally. It can sometimes take a financial toll, physical toll as well. I do you know, have stories around that and just the physical constraints that it put on my body too. So as in terms of the podcast, the podcast, I really just want to be able to connect with new and emerging as well as seasoned women leaders to really bring voices to the conversation around all things leadership. So I, I want to be able to connect with those ladies, to hear your unique journey. also to hear about the defining moment. Like what was that moment for you? I shared briefly shared my moment with you all. So like what was truly that moment for you that you were able to just stop and look at and be like, wow, yeah, um, a shift is required, or wow, this experience just really messed me up, or this experience really is having me look at things from a different perspective. Now, what am I going to do with it? Um, and also, just want to hear about like how you're able to maintain your sanity, <laughs> your balance, as well as your self-identity, again, because leading is hard, but it's, it is rewarding, too. It definitely is. Um, but we just got to be truthful about the fact that it does require... It, it requires someone who is open to the idea that you don't have to do it alone and that you truly can lean on someone else to be able to help you grow in that area as a leader, um, but as individually too, because that's important also. So that's the podcast and that's the purpose of the you know, goal of and the mission of the podcast. Like I said, it's to really bring those voices of those new emerging and seasoned women leaders to the conversation, but also in terms of outside of the podcast, offline, Uh, The mission and the goal is really to bring those new and emerging leaders to the table. Those ones who are struggling, whether you're struggling just personally, professionally, or you're being challenged within your role, you're possibly lacking support, maybe lacking the skills. Maybe you're someone who is new to leadership in a sense to where maybe you were so used to leading yourself for a long time but didn't realize just the um, the shift that you have to make to, to lead others and to influence others. It, what worked for you doesn't all, doesn't work for everybody else, you know, and just being mindful of that and understanding the shift that that requires and the skill set that that requires. And then also just someone who may be lacking that confidence. So maybe you're not quite sure about your unique gift and what you bring to, um, to the table and what you bring to the marketplace or whatever. And so you're not necessarily capitalizing on that. Or maybe your voice, maybe you're lacking that voice. Just like, you know, how um, I had expressed just where my voice, I, I was silencing my voice. And the reason why I knew I was silencing my voice and how I had to grow and just build up my confidence and being a more, more of a vocal leader. Because I, I, one thing I know about me in terms of like leadership is that I was a very good person who led by doing. And so people definitely felt motivated and inspired by me from how I was able to just lead by doing, you know, that was never an issue where I struggled at. But when it came to actually being someone who was more vocal, that was a skill. That was a confidence I had to build, but that was also a skill I had to build because it's one thing to speak, but it's another thing to speak, to be heard. And that comes from listening first. And so that's a whole nother situation too. And so the goal with, these um, these tables, these transformational tables that I'm calling them right now. But the goal is to really bring a hundred women to the table, to be heard, to grow together, but also to learn to lead wholeheartedly. And I'm excited about being able to dive into all of that, into that leading wholeheartedly, because there's just so much that comes with that. Our hearts ex- truly, truly expose who we really are and they challenge us and it forces us to look at ourselves from a different perspective, because maybe who we thought we were putting ourselves out there into the world, maybe what we thought we were displaying to the world is not actually being seen by others. So that's one thing. But also just having the heart, the confidence to to to, to be more vocal, but also to to be more humble enough to listen to. I mean, I think that's what we're lacking a lot of. And I've been getting. Just that that revelation like that's just been in my spirit lately just because of experiences that I've had recently being at the table quote unquote for a long time and even recently, but also just in my personal life too knowing one of the things that I truly lacked in my leadership was the ability to effectively listen to understand and so I'm excited about the season of Women Who Love and Lead because I'm excited about the opportunity to step outside of my comfort zone and to be able to really connect with more women. Like I said, we have a mission right now, 100 women, to be able to bring those voices to the table, to the conversation, and also just to be able to grow together, learn together, be heard, and just be effective in our leadership. I'm excited, y'all. I hope you are too. If you are someone who you feel fits that, that mold, who fits that identity of what we're looking for, please don't hesitate to hit me up. I would love to hear from you. You can connect with me at womenloveandlead@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Facebook at Women Love and Lead, as well as with my um, my personal business at Allen Impact Consulting on Facebook and on Instagram. All right, y'all. So we will be in touch. Take care. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Women Who Love and Lead podcast. I hope it inspired you, informed you, and empowered you to do what you do best to make your greatest impact. Check out the show description to download the Intentionally Becoming Journal. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Women Love and Lead for inspirational content, products, and upcoming events.